Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Another rip-roaring, exciting, (laughs) fast-paced, high-energy episode. Or not. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Uh, as I jokingly was kind of alluding to, this is going to be a really nice, relaxing episode. I know we've been away from you uh, for a little bit, at least in terms of us recording live together. Right. Uh, but we're not coming back with a really guns blazing, high energy episode. This is going to be a, a chill, relaxing, another sort of summery fun you know good with a drink in your hand some iced tea or mm, in this case i think an arnold, an arnold palmer. <laughs> palmer would probably be the, the yeah drink that's of definitely the drink we both recommend for this episode we're going to be talking about really fantastic music for golf video games so silly um but yeah that's what we're doing today and there's a lot of hidden gems that i found uh some classic titles that fans of the podcast will be familiar with and some that i guarantee people have not heard so this well, is going to be a good time. I think sports games are, are a very interesting subgenre of video games because they're games that predate the medium that they're in. Mm-hmm. And so most people are familiar with the rules of these kinds of games. And so there is this thing about them where it's like, Obviously, as the technology has gotten better, the the sports games have gotten much more sophisticated with how they emulate and simulate real world environments. And now there's like so much depth that you can have of creating a team. And there's so much that goes into it. About a different thing. It used to be this charming kind of joke that, oh, this is we're translating golf to a video game in a way that's like, it's not really, you're right. not really playing golf. But I think what's what's interesting about sports games is that really, for the most part, the rules of the game part of it haven't changed because the sport is the sport. And golf, I think, um, of like a lot of the, of a lot of the sports is kind of an interesting one to look at mechanically from the perspective of a video game because there's, golf is really uh, an execution-based challenge it it isn't a sport in the way that it's you know like basketball soccer hockey where you're head to head with an opponent if you compare it to a video game it is a turn-based style so it's going to be more relaxing and it doesn't need as blood pumping music (laughs) right it shares a lot in common with certain kind of arcade style games but also like when you're actually playing golf there's a, a big part of it is concentration timing finesse subtlety and I think that's what's going to be funny today because I think a lot of the music on today's episode I think the one we played in with is a great example nothing about this musically to me captures the experience of what it's actually like <laughs> to golf and I no. know that that couldn't have even been remotely part of the assignment or the goal they just need a fun, high-energy piece of action-y, sports-sounding music to accompany a title screen. Yeah, it's funny. There's definitely some some examples on today's playlist that make me scratch my head like, oh, this is golf music? That's hilarious. But there's other ones that really emotionally feel right. Because one thing about at least golf video games, and maybe to lesser extent golf, is I think it's a very calming experience. Any golf games that I've played have been very relaxing 
and just, ah, you know, it's usually in a tropical setting. And so I think the music, for the most part, really fits the bill for that. Uh, yes, what you guys heard playing in, it was from, uh, it was an FDS game, Famicom Golf US Course, and that was by the really classic Nintendo composer, Akito Nakatsuka. That was the title. What do you say, Will? Should we dive into some more great golf VGM? I'm excited. I think this will be a fun episode. I agree. Uh, Okay, we're going to go from the FDS. We're going to jump into the future to the PSP, to a very obscure title. (laughs) A lot of great PSP soundtracks out there, though. Uh, This is Fantasy Golf Pangya Portable. And the track that we're going to play today is called A Walk to the Fairyland, composed by Nev. Let's take a listen. guys listening to a walk to the fairyland this is from fantasy golf Pangya portable and this particular track was composed by an artist that is known as nev don't know who that actually is uh this is possibly like an rpg golf game i just say that because there's a lot of obscure psp sports games that are kind of more rpg and that have different kind of music than you would expect and that was the case listening to the score um so yeah, this is an interesting example. It, I think it does still fit the overall emotion that we're going to hear today. Uh, but this is a wonderful track regardless. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, a lot of this music will come down to the crux of what I think is fascinating of why there are so many golf games. Because from my perspective, as someone who's, I, I wouldn't call myself like an avid golf fan or an avid golfer, but I probably golfed about like 15 times in my life. Mm-hmm. And from my experience, like what the real appeal of it is, is the social aspect and the being oh, yeah. immersed in nature, being outside, the the kind of dopamine and fun that you get of a challenging game, but you're being This is closed-minded for me because I'm not a golfer, but to me it feels more like an activity to do with people than, than necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it is a sport for sure, but like it's more of an activity is how it feels like to me. Yeah, and I think um, what's interesting from the game perspective is so much of that you don't get. You don't get the social yeah. aspect. You don't get the being immersed in nature. Well, maybe in this game you do. Maybe in Pangya Portable. <laughs> but I think what's interesting is musically what this does, this sort of smooth jazz, upbeat, kind of with accordion. It's very Nintendo. A little bit of elevator it's very music. charming. 
I think it's meant to capture the experience of being on vacation, which I think yes. has a lot of similar connotations that people would have with golf. It, like Maybe you some said, of it's you a special activity right now that's are on done vacation. In, a, in a beautiful place that you don't live in usually. And so I think this music captures some of that, if not the experience of actually golfing. If anyone is currently on vacation, I think this playlist is going to score that perfectly. Uh, all right, let's move on to one of the titles that I'm the most excited about today. It's Pebble Beach Golf Links. Uh, there's a few different ports of this game. Uh, we have a couple tracks today we're playing from the Genesis version, which I think has the best score. Um, but then there's also a Saturn version, which we're going to play a track from later too. So the Genesis version was composed by Yumi Kinoshita and Shigekazu Kamaki. Uh, we're going to play Menu from Pebble Beach Golf Links. You guys are listening to Menu from Pebble Beach Golf Links, composed by Kinoshita and Kamaki. This came out for the Genesis in 94. I just love that new music written in 1994 sounded like this. Uh, this just feels so vintage, so relaxing. This, to me, is like what I think of when I think of golf video game music. It's super charming. Yeah, again, it has that vacation-y feeling, the blend of smooth jazz with Latin elements mm -hmm. that give it sort of a tropical feeling. But yeah, it's all very background, easy listening, very cheesy music, but I yeah. think is actually made more interesting because of being presented in the context of the Sega Genesis, which I think, again, it's that type of limitation that no one really, I think, was consciously appreciating back in the day. Right. Because there wasn't, it was done out of necessity, not out of creative choice, but to me, the, the sound of this hardware makes you focus, you're forced to focus on the musical aspects of the track in order well, it to condenses emote with it. it where in I a really think, but good if you're way. listening to actual smooth jazz, there's kind of a, a cultural layer of, you know, what we're supposed to think about smooth jazz. So you hear a soprano saxophone, you hear some of the production elements, and you just almost instinctively have this learned behavior towards like, oh, this is so cheesy and lame. But when you hear this, I, I think some people might make that conclusion, but they have to listen a little deeper. Yeah, I mean, you guys are going to hear it. When we play the Saturn track, I don't, I don't know, at least to me, the music is, is very solid in the Saturn version. It's, it's a different score entirely. Um, but I think the music is composed very, you know, on a similar level. It's it's really good music as well. Um, but I don't know. To me, the the kind of MIDI instruments are just they have less charm than than the Genesis instruments yeah, do. So it is. It, I think that the charm is a big part of it. 
and I also think it, it separates you from the cheesier aspects of the music, but the writing right. here is so strong. And I like that the A section is so gamey. The the mm -hmm. bluesiness, the pluckiness, the kind of slash chord, positive, syncopated, J-pop kind of harmonic and rhythmic style. I love the sound of the A section. Um, but then the B section goes into this jazzy, autumn leaves-esque sequence. Yeah, very good sort sequence of, there. I, I like... It, it characterizes the genre of this piece by having differentiated sections. That the A section feels a little more contemporary, and the B section feels a little more explicit like 30s 40s jazzy and i think it makes the piece a little more interesting you know will you brought up autumn leaves i can't remember what game it was but one of the games i listened to i want to say it was in like maybe the wii era uh, of systems it had a track called like autumn autumn season or autumn something and it was just like a like an homage piece to to autumn leaves um it didn't quite make our cut today but I have to try to go back and, and find that for you. Uh, all right, let's move on to a Neo Geo game. And this is cool. This is actually composed by uh, the Metal Slug composer. That's fun. A very different style from what I'm used to him. That is uh, Takushi Haya, Hayamuta. Uh, this is Neo Turf Masters. Let's take a listen to Baden National Golf Course. guys listening to Baden National Golf Course, a really cool Neo Geo track. We definitely do not play enough Neo Geo music on this podcast, so this was a cool addition um, just to, you know, really show some some Neo Geo love. I do love Haya. I think he's a good composer, and I think this is a really solid, groovy track. I thought this would be a good opportunity to reminisce a little bit uh, and kind of catch some of our listeners up on, Will, your recent wedding. So let's yeah. shoot the breeze while we're listening to this music. Oh, man. It was so perfect it was just it was a, a blast it was a lovely setting it was just great being around so many wonderful people i wish we could have invited even more um the weather was really like, good too yeah we so lucked out with the weather and emma and like, i have just been having a so wonderful that afternoon time was was great it was a little hot like standing up there but definitely doable and then in the evening um you know kind of going in and out um, it was a perfect evening, you know, and being by the water, it was just, it was a absolutely perfect weather. Uh, the setting was beautiful. It was great to meet so many new 
friends, uh, I was able to meet a lot of Will's um, friends from his the program that he's doing in Chicago, and so that was that was really a treat for me to kind of meet some of those people that Will has been talking about for a long time, but I haven't actually met yeah. him yet. So I, that was I really knew cool. that everyone would get along because I mean, I think yeah, everyone got along so well. <laughs> yeah, that's what was so fun is I think it just sort of goes to show it's like well, it, it should stand to reason that you know your closest friends and family will generally get along because you probably there's certain things that you're drawn to in a friendship um, right in that those things potentially can carry across a lifetime i felt very fortunate to have a lot of friends from high school some from college some from grad school and tons of people that i've met you know online like the kellys and carlos and stuff that are people that are like been vaguely I don't know. Uh, we we've spent more time apart than we've almost spent together. So it's like it's just exciting enough just to get to see Stephen Kelly in person is like I, I've done that like six times in my life. Yet I feel we have a <laughs> well, genuine this, close friendship. Feeling this a couple of years ago, but like it's such an honor. Like the people that come, like you just feel so touched that oh they took the time, you know, effort and money to to come out and celebrate and. Yeah, it's just, it was a real joyous time. A lot of really fun musical performances. Um, yeah. You know, Will, you should give maybe just a couple of highlights of some of your favorite uh, musical moments that happened uh, that weekend for our listeners. Oh, it was so much fun. So we decided not to have a DJ and to just like have for, you know, any dancing we wanted to do, just kind of a playlist ready because the big thing that I wanted is we had so many great musician friends and obviously our family, all the Brueggemans, uh, there, there were so many people that played music and I really wanted it to be an opportunity for people, regardless of their kind of skill or experience level, because we, I knew we'd right. be having some professional musicians along with hobbyists, along with friends and family and anybody. And so there were so many wonderful moments when people first started playing music. The first, uh, it was so awesome. The first trio to play was Carl and Marty. And then Emma and I, our friend Sten, uh, accompanied them on drums and yeah. it, the, you guys were just such a solid trio and it just it touched my heart so much getting to see you guys together because Carl literally yeah. every single time I've ever talked to Stan in my life <laughs> I'm always like oh I can't wait for you to meet my brother Carl he's such a good drummer you guys would get along so well it was so fun to play with him yeah I hope to be able to one day play with him again yeah he was super super solid yeah i mean i'm I'm just trying to there's so there were so many great highlights I mean near the end of the night, will and Emma did a lot of really fun performances um what are some others but that I think that one of the highlights for me was uh it, it, this was a really fun one, so this was later, and I think you and Joe left for a bit and then you came back near the end and then you and Marty and I did a couple songs we did some like Beatles stuff together. Mm-hmm. Our our uncle got up at one point. Some <laughs> yeah, of our friends, our dad true. grabbed the mic. It was it was hilarious. But I think one of the highlights for me was uh, my friend Andrea um, from college and Marty on piano and Sten on drums were kept doing all these Disney songs. Yeah. And Andrea is like a musical theater. Like she has a phenomenal voice. She's won contests and she's, she's a really skilled vocalist mm-hmm. in that sort of like musical theater idiom. And Marty's of course great at, and he knows so all those songs. Like so it's just perfect. little mermaid stuff and, and she's singing it so earnestly and people were just having such a good time. And then it just went, 
went from that into Beatles songs and then different people would come up and oh man it was it, it was exactly what I wanted just kind of a spontaneous not planned not like a show or a performance but just that feeling of like passing the hat and everyone getting yeah. a chance and laughing and singing and it was just magical well we can we can definitely share some more memories scattered throughout here but let's listen to another great golf track uh, this is from the Game Boy Color <laughs> so that's interesting it's Hole in One Golf by one of my favorite composers Iku Mizutani this is BGM3 Let's take a listen. You guys listening to BGM3? Yeah, there's a lot of those types of titles uh, on today's episode. Uh, you know, I don't know the name of this or the the context in the game, but it's BGM3 from Hole in One Golf for the Game Boy. Yeah, it's Color safe to say there Ikumi there aren't a lot of tracks like Five Wood and Putting and <laughs> stuff like that. Miku, I mean, Mizutani is, I think, both of our, one of our favorite BGM composers. I mean, as soon as his tracks start, it's just, he comes out of the gate with so much energy, so much personality, you just can't help but love it. Well, and I think it's especially noticeable on uh, consoles, devices like the Game Boy, like yeah. the NES, that feature this economy, the sort of magic number three of three pitch voices at one time. I do think it it brings out the best and the worst in um, composers of this era. <laughs> and it, it, it really, it's this way of just cutting through all the BS, no fluff, nothing to hide behind. You just have to have great ideas and you have to really know what you're doing musically. Even if you're not classically trained or anything, you need to know your way around harmony, melody, rhythm, writing a bass line, the basic elements of crafting a piece of music with no help or assistance. And I think yeah. the composers that nailed writing in that era, I think they're so underappreciated because the sound of the music is so unpretentious. But I think that, that that's almost like the hardest. Uh, that's a kind of skill that, you know, not every Juilliard trained composer has had to do something like that. Well, another I'd thing about- Most of them haven't. People like Mizutani is whether it's NES or Game Boy, their tunes work so well when they're covered. I mean, it's like the the parts are there. And it's already such an exciting composition that you can bring it to life in such an exciting way. I always am having to remind myself that every time I listen to a Mizutani track, either we or I really want to cover one of his tracks because I just feel like it would be so natural to yeah, like his music it. is catchy and it's accessible and it's fun and it, it does have that immediacy to it where yep. um and i think it's almost like I, i've been thinking about this a lot in game design where there are games 
like Metroid Prime, where the introduction gives you the promise of the of the scope of the game beyond what really happens. And it's yeah. so exciting and action-packed, and then the game opens up and becomes more an adventure. Yet there are some games, I'd say like Breath of the Wild, where their introduction is meant to be like a microcosm of the game overall. Um, and I think there's something similar that can happen in a piece of music. Some pieces of music, like my favorite example would be like If I Fell by the Beatles, where it starts with this really interesting intro, very evocative chords, very mysterious, slow. It leads you to believe this is going to be a somber, sad Well, then it song, takes a turn, it, kind of. Yeah, and then it completely changes. But what I love about so much of Iku Mizutani's music is that it's like in the first five seconds, the piece is already giving you essentially all of the feelings it's going to give you you know you start right off the bat with a catchy groove a great me melody and harmony kind of in lockstep with each other syncopated energy interesting melodic intervals but very catchy and poppy right away and that's what the track is it felt like in the 90s mizutani had just an endless well of just really catchy grooves uh, wow. Okay. What a great composer. Let's move on. This is a nice change of pace. We're going to move on to the classic Motoi Sakuraba, uh, to the Mario Golf series, the first title in that series for the N64. We got to play a Mario Golf track today. Let's play a really funky one called Best Shot Replay. Here we go. Funky track. I particularly liked that synth melody section. That was really cool. This is Best Shot Replay from Mario Golf for the N64, composed by Sakuraba. And yeah, I mean, every time that I remind myself that Sakuraba has scored a lot of games in the Mario Golf series, it always kind of gives me a little bit of a chuckle because that would not be someone I would expect, you know, listening to his other non-Mario music. Uh, I would never think of his name uh, being someone that I would hire to do those types of games, but he's done a lot of them, and there's there's some cool stuff. There was a track that narrowly avoided making our playlist today that I wanted to give a shout-out to. Uh, it was from Mario Golf Advanced Tour for the GBA. Uh, it was Link's Club Course. I, I really liked that track, too. So, yeah, this, this goes out to all you Mario Golf fans out there. Will, have you ever played a Mario Golf game? I think I've only played the first one. I think I played the one for the Wii, and that's the only one I've 
that I've played. Did you enjoy but that I'm one? I'm pretty sure like Mario Golf or something was the first game in which Wa like Waluigi. Yeah, I think it I'm was correct. it was either golf or tennis. Golf sounds right to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was around the same time. I do know I freaking love Mario Tennis. Those oh, games Mario are Tennis is probably my favorite Mario sports AF. series yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. But what's interesting, I want to talk a little bit about this piece of music because to me, this sounds like something that belongs in like Mega Man Eight. Oh, or like interesting. Rock Man, like a, a yeah. sort of later era, sixteen bit and beyond. Especially Mega Man that B title. section. Because the sort of the mix of the Dorian mode, but it's kind of funky and fusiony. It's very melodic and Japanese sounding. It, it. What's fascinating though is this is like we've said, golf is not an exciting game to watch, kind of comically so, and mm. it's it, it can be a fun and rewarding game to play and master. But I can't imagine the mechanics of golf could ever be very much fun in a video game where you're pushing buttons unless it's like you have to win a game of Tetris in order to nail a golf swing <laughs> which is like sometimes the Mario sports games do invent little colorful mini games around it but like yeah. I feel like the music here is doing a lot of work to make golfing more stimulating and interesting than it really is which i find hilarious and very charming absolutely all right let's go back to the genesis you know for me the system that i think of first when i think of golf vgm and just so you guys know there's plenty of stuff good stuff that i had to leave out plenty of great other genesis titles that we don't have time for today but we do have time for this it's arnold palmer tournament golf classic uh this was composed by takuhiko Uabo, let's take a listen to BGM4. Super chill, relaxing, jazzy golf tune. This is from Arnold Palmer Tournament Golf. Uh, goes well with all of your beverages out there. This is BGM4 composed by Takuhiko Uabo. And you guys may remember in a previous show and tell, um, this is actually a remix. Uh, not, not really a remix. Basically, I just added bass and drums to this because for some weird reason, the original doesn't have bass or drums. It almost felt like it was accidental, like it was muted or something. Um, when they were making the file. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of added that because it, it really needed, it really needs it. Um, yeah, this is such a cool track. I love the doubling of the kind of plucky staccato FM instrument with the PSG. That's what's happening for the whole melody. And I think it's a really cool sound. Yeah, I agree. The sound, um, is very charming. Um, and I think we've talked about this before. Part of the charm of 8 and 16-bit consoles is it's like hearing a genre or a style being effectively created 
without any of the instrument or timbre associations that we have with it. So it, it poses an interesting challenge for someone creating, you know, synthesizer-based music. And there's a long history of that, but games were even further limited because they didn't have the the ability to manipulate the the basic sort of sine wavy sounds right. the way that a lot of synthesizers would, where they have oscillators and filters and everything. Um, so it, you had to use your imagination uh, even further. What's cool, I think, about so much Genesis music is part of that FM, you know, frequency modulation Yamaha sound had become a staple in a lot of the pop music. So what I think is cool is hearing something that at the time had a really modern bent, yet the music that's being created on it feels almost old fashioned. And Vintage. now we have the, like three tiers of that because we hear something that was once modern, but is retro doing something even more retro. So we can't quite understand it in the same way. I mean, maybe you can, since I think you lived through more of this, but even still mm-hmm. you were a kid, like what this would have been like, to experience in the year it came out, I think is very different from how we experience it Yeah, I mean, I can definitely speak to how exciting it was. And I know that wasn't just for me as a super young kid. I mean, I think it was exciting for everyone who experienced it. Um, One thing, one of many things I love about the Genesis and the really interesting combination of sounds is when is when the PSG and the FM combines and how the composers and implementers do that. I think a lot of great sonic music is something you can study if you're interested in, in that combination. But really, that's what makes Genesis music particularly magical is that combination of really the two chips. There's kind of two chips that are um, happening at the same time. Uh, I really love it. Okay, let's move on to a track for the PC Engine CD. There's quite a lot of good PC Engine CD golf games and golf soundtracks, and I listen to a lot of them. This is a one called Who PGA Tour, H-U PGA Tour, Power Golf 2, and uh, sadly, unknown composer, um, which is sad, not just because this is a great composition, but it's a great performance too. I want to say there's like real, this might be the one I'm thinking of. It has like real violin on it. So yeah, I wish that I would have been able to track down who's responsible for this, but, but no luck. Let's take a listen to BGM from Power Golf 2. You guys are listening to BGM from Who PGA Tour Power Golf 2. Sadly unknown. 
This came out for the PC Engine CD, and this is mid-90s, and so you have that mid-90s slow jam R&B bed with the groove, um, but oh then the real How violin. Classic. And it's it's a great melody. Uh, I, I love this track. This was one of the, the most kind of extreme diamonds in the rough that I found this week and was so oh excited to share with all you. So good. The triangle. Right? The, yeah, the whole bed, the muted guitar with the sort of chorusy filter. Yep. The really cheesy sounding um great production. Uh, electric piano. Yeah. I can it's never crazy. remember the name of that. Like the what what is that called? The um the electric it's, piano it's, sound. Well, it's one of the eighties electric like synth pianos, I, I think. Right. Um I can't remember if it's like the MS twenty or something like that. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's just I so that. it's so so great. And then Will was cheesy. mentioning. I mean, a lot of those sounds are now back in vogue nowadays in pop music. And so, like listening to this now in 2021, this aged really well. <laughs> yes, at this point, I mean, I think 10 years ago this would have been the cheesiest thing possible. But yeah. now it it's still like, is cheesy. But it still is cheesy, and that's part of the appeal. But my God, we need to talk about the melody. The melody is so strong, and the violin performance. Oh, it's so subtle. I mean, that, yeah. those portamental falls, it's so expressive. You really oh, get the sense gosh. that the it's melodic sexy line and a little bit silly. Pulls. But yeah, and so, it's so not beautiful. A, it's not the kind of performance that you get a lot in string instruments. There's a lot of straight tone, um, but it takes advantage of what string instruments can be so great. Fretless instruments, particularly, that can have pitch subtlety. I know this is like incredibly obscure video game music here but what a great violin feature this is i mean so much room uh you know and clarity in the mix for that violin to just really soar and take over just beautiful tune yeah and the sort of harmonic progression of the sort of jazzy fusiony funky r&b style that's yeah. like you could imagine the the perfect chord progression <laughs> and the melody of this you know, being in like mighty switch force, but just amp up the dancey, groovy, fast paced electronic elements. And then it's like, well, I like a- to imagine, I like to imagine like a similar, at least for that B section, like a similar kind of fusion chord progression with a lot faster tempo for maybe a racing game. And then if the same company all of a sudden switched over to golf, this is like the golf arrangement of it. That's a Slow great things point. down a bit. Uh, okay, let's move on to the NES uh, for a game called Bandai Golf Challenge Pebble Beach. So returning to the fabled Pebble Beach. Uh, this is the title screen composed by Akihito Hayashi. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to title screen short and sweet from bandai golf challenge pebble beach i should go to pebble beach I, I know it's in california i don't know where exactly um but i should go to pebble beach and just like bring a boom box and just blast some pebble beach music <laughs> this is composed by ahiko 
Akihito Hayashi. I wonder if anyone who's so composed music for one of the Pebble Beach games has ever been to Pebble Beach. I, I would, would like to not. hope so. <laughs> I, you don't I, think I the guess... company paid for them to go and do some research before they I'm, wrote I'm the music? I'm certain. I'm certain not. <laughs> it was probably... I mean, I have no idea. I don't want to be cynical, but my guess would be no. And my other guess is that if you did go and bring a boombox and play this, you would be escorted out. You'd be asked yes. to leave. Yes, uh, I'm but sure. But that's just that's because your putting would be, you know, subpar. So, Will, neither of us have been to Pebble Beach, but from what we imagine it's like, do you think this or Pebble Beach Golf Links is more fitting for the tone? of you know, what we might experience there. I don't know. I have to say neither of them probably, <laughs> unless you're making some sort of montage where someone's playing you know, Game Boy in one, they're supposed to be golfing and they're just sitting in the or golf cart. Or just in their hotel room or something, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. This is a real treat. We have a track from Hirokazu Ando, um, and it's called, the game, it makes sense, it's called Hal's Hole-in-One Golf. So yeah, it's cool that Hal made a golf game for the Super Nintendo, and it has a great score that, not surprisingly, reminds me a little bit of the Kirby series. Let's take a listen to one of the most chill tracks of the day. It's Take a Rest. You guys are listening to Take a Rest. All right, that sounds good. From Hal's Hole-in-One Golf for the SNES, composed by Hirokazu Ando. Uh, really the perfect energy to, to be mixed in on this playlist. I love Ando's music, and man, he was the perfect person to score a chill golf game in the 16-bit era. I love this track. Man, I love the voicings of the chords, getting all those fourths and fifths, mm-hmm. um, which what's very interesting is that sometimes they're meant to be almost like non-chord tones, or it's like they're getting the ninth and, you know, the sixth or something, where it's like a very interesting kind of pairing of pitches in there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that great kind of jazz voicing concept of with every chord, what's the least number of pitches you can change right and if they do change they'll probably move down oh, by a whole so or half step. Uh, but it has a really fun uh mischievous sound the way that those the staccato kind of brass sounds are punctuating these dissonant notes there's something cheeky about it that i really like there's a personality yeah. and that's what makes me think of the kirby series more than anything well, there's another thing i love about this track is how minimal it is it, there's just something really restrained about it and there's another track on the playlist later on that is is even more minimal and um, I, I believe there's a track coming up and pretty soon here that 
is almost mostly just a groove. Like there might be a subtle melody at some point, but it's mostly just a really pleasing groove. And I think that's probably what I would do if I was going to score a golf game, at least, you know, in in an older era like this, is I actually think it could work to just have a relaxing groove. Right. And maybe a subtle melody or later on like a little solo or something. Um, so yeah, I, I like the tracks like, like that, that are just like super, super minimal, but yeah, what, what a great track. Um, you gotta love Ando. Let's keep going. We're going to go into the future now, uh, to the Wii. And there were actually quite a few really good Wii golf scores that I listened to. Who would, who would have thought, right? Um, this is a game. You know, it's funny though. You can't think of the Wii as into the future anymore. Yeah, it's I know. pretty far into the past. It's almost... Into less of the past than we were at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're five years away from the 20th anniversary of the Wii. Can you believe that? I actually can't. <laughs> In five years, I cannot. it will be the Wii's 20th anniversary. I cannot believe that. But remember, I was in elementary school. Like, remember when you guys got the Wii? You picked me up outside of Webster. So, I mean, that was a long time ago. I'm married now. <laughs> yeah, by the way, guys, Will is married now. Yeah, so it came out in November Sorry, there's going to be occasional moments where I just 2006. have a... A time crisis. <laughs> not, not unlike <laughs> not the, the video games, game. time yeah. crisis. Yeah, you are right. Five years from now, that's insane. Okay, so yeah, the Wii saw a lot of golf games because that was probably one of the most gimmicky things that the first person, you know, anyone thought of, right? Oh, Wii, yeah, that would be fun for golf. And it was. Uh, this is a game called Super Swing Golf. It has a really good soundtrack. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but if not, enjoy. Uh, this is composed by Yutaka Fujishima. Let's take a listen to Ending. listening to ending from super swing golf for the wii will made a really good comparison he's like oh this reminds me of tomoyo tomita i didn't think about that when i was first listening but wow you're absolutely right it's so adorable so charming great production um a lot of the things that we love about tomita's music man this sounds a it's, cut above yeah, like most generic wii scores yeah i mean but it also shares a lot of those strengths the simplicity and the melodic focus and again, like a lot of the golf music we've heard today, it's cheesy, it's saccharine, it's the kind of thing that would be elevator music or in the background, but it's just so darn charming and appealing. The melodies are earnest and heartfelt. The music yeah, today the music is very is sunshiny, isn't it? Will? This is probably the most yellow, sunshiny, distinctly <laughs> happy and positive yeah. track, which I get for some people, that's like the most offensive thing 
you can do because they just want music to be dark and gritty. And Some people don't I, like funny, the sun. I almost have more sympathy with that when it comes to movies. Like, I can understand that people want movies that have a darkness and a malaise to them. I feel like I can understand that more than music because to me, it's like this the feeling of listening to this is just so rejuvenating it's like getting yeah. sunlight if i only listened to music that was dark and bitter my mood would just be so much lower all the time like i need stuff like this to refuel my emotion tanks for the day <laughs> good i'm glad that we can all assist in that uh okay this is gonna do that for me this is my favorite track of the day we're going back to pebble beach golf links genesis version don't worry, we do have a Saturn uh, track coming up And this later. track is, boy, um, is this track good. Oh, this is a banger. This is my favorite of the day. It's Whole Overview, again, composed by Kinoshita and Kamaki. Here we go. Kinoshita and Kamaki are taking a wild Rhodes solo on this track. I love whole overview from Pebble Beach Golf Links. It's such a banger. I really want to cover this. Maybe in the band, if if that doesn't happen, I'll do it myself. I I love this track so much. It has a great groove. It's just basically, it feels like kind of like a jazz fusion band, uh, just grooving, and then eventually the Rhodes player just takes over. It's so good. It is. It's absolutely incredible. The chords, those, all those slash chords are so rich and exciting. And this Dreamy. is a piece of music that just promises so much possibility and wistfulness. And I mean, there's so much emotion in here. And that's why I love, uh, you know, there are times when I feel like almost embarrassed by the format of our show that, you know, I think like, oh, so often we don't actually play the games. And, you know, are we understanding the context of the music? But and then we have episodes like this where I'm like, no, I think I really I'm glad that there are other podcasts that do that in that mm -hmm. talk more about the context of the way the game music relates to story and interactivity. But I think it's also important to remember that so much of what was great about video game music was just that it, there was this seemingly endless well of incredible tunes incredible yeah. musical innovation completely separate from context this taken on its own it's a euphoric piece of music it just gives me such hopefulness. and it does not it have gives me to have joy and wonder it doesn't have to have anything to do with golf at all and you could argue that this might not be the best scoring of you know reading the rules about a specific course i mean it's called whole overview like 
it does not need to be this great, this, you know, funky and groovy, but I'm right. so glad it is. Well, I also do think there's a reason why the media music that is stuck with us the most is music that is really strong outside of its context. I mean, and I think we're in an era now where, again, you know, movies and games and everything, it's still all so new, relatively speaking, that I think we've been going through a period of like, in the same way that visual, you know, visual art has like hyper realism and hyper reality and oversaturating the darker aspects of everything. And film music's gotten so intense and game music's gotten so interactive and clever and smart. And I do think that it's like there's a reason why everybody knows and loves the Imperial March. And it isn't just because it's an effective means to characterize the empire and Darth Vader, but it's also just because it's a great piece of music that sticks with you. It's something you'd want to listen to outside of the film. It's just, it's strong. It's engaging. Yes. It's ferocious and menacing and you would get that just from listening to it. But right. you know, if star Wars didn't exist, that would still be a great March. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of what, our dad always says, but like we could play a set of, and, and we could be as tasteful as we want. I mean, there's definitely a lot of EGM that is, uh, doesn't necessarily sound super gamey, but we could play a set of great VGM and not tell anyone. And someone might think, Oh, this is just like a really cool fusion group. Right. Um, and so that's what I love about some of the stuff we share on this pod. Okay. This was a track I was alluding to earlier. Um, I just, I don't know. I just love the approach of this. Uh, it's for the Dreamcast. It's Virtua Golf. This is BGM 12, composed by Masanori Takeuchi. Let's take a listen. this you guys listening to bgm 12 from virtual golf composed by masanori takeuchi for the dreamcast i think the arcade may be first um i love this track i love that it's just groove based it's such a catchy swung groove um and it just feels really good this is perfect background music for golf in my opinion i mean i would i would be having a ball if i was playing this game just listening to this it it doesn't distract you um it's a little bit more fun and funky uh, than, than you need, but that's okay. Uh, it's yeah, not, we, <laughs> you know, Genesis levels. It's just interesting because actual golf, there is no music. I mean, it's like actual <laughs> hockey. Not? They do oh, that's play BS. music at least like in between, you, you know, the like, there's a musical component to a lot of group sports, but there's almost never anything like that for golf. It's so quiet. They even have to put in fake bird noises because it's so silent. Well, well, here's the television. thing. Like, part of golf, whether you're playing it casually or professionally, is about 
uh, just like the the rules and like how you're supposed to present yourself. It's just it's a very structured and right. uh, you know it's about manners and there's this whole. What tradition. I love is th- this funky music implies that everyone sort of like break dances out to the green <laughs> and uh, like Street having a way more fun time. It doesn't sound like old white people in a golf cart, you know, ambling along. You know how there were those like street sports series what was it like nba hoops or something nba street sorry um and there might have been nfl street which i think is hilarious but how funny would it be if there was like golf street <laughs> like yeah i mean th- this music is fantastic though in the i, I there's something you said initially that i want to highlight that it's groove based, but it's a catchy groove. Yeah, it's like Wolfpack. And I I want to clarify because I think for a lot of the times we use the word catchy, it's in reference to a melody. And so some people might think, how can a groove be catchy? Well, I think catchy simply means something that sticks with you, where it's some like sort after of a you're hook. done it listening to it. It can be the rhythm. It, it yeah, can you can hear it in your inner anything. ear. And this is a piece of music. I, I just perform a simple challenge with yourself. <laughs> Play it for 15 to 30 seconds. Stop playing it. And then try to do something else and not hear that groove, yeah, not feel man. those that, rhythms. That's, that's one of the reasons I love it. That's all the catchy means. And that can mean it's something that you're humming. But I think rhythms can be incredibly catchy. And right? that's what, that feeling of like making you move when you're not actually listening to something. But it's like it's in your bones. It's in your DNA. It's such a cool well, feeling. My favorite thing with today's playlist is all the hidden gems. And I would call that a hidden gem. I mean, I was very familiar with like virtual tennis and stuff like that, but not virtual golf and definitely not the music. And so, and we're moving to something even more obscure. This is another PC engine CD game. It's called Jack Nicholas turbo golf. Um, <laughs> and not Nicholson. Like, do you remember Jimmy Kimmel had that guy, Yaya who would do movie reviews and he would always, right. he was obsessed with celebrities who would never get their name. That sounds right. like what he would say. Yeah. So Jack Nicholas guy, this is another I case picture with him. We all, we don't have the title of the track. It's BGM four. We do have some sort of crediting. And while I'm listening to this, I'm going to Google this because I'm so curious. The crediting to the soundtrack of this game is advanced communication company that was that's just what was there so all right that's that's what this is credited to i'm going to google that uh let's take a listen to bgm4 You guys listening to BGM4 from Jack Nicholas Turbo Golf. And I was let down because Advanced Communication Company is just a developer. 
Uh, it's just a Japanese developer, um, so not not as fun as I I, th I was expecting it to be like a really like cheesy music library company in the '90s. That like, oh yeah, we we can give you like, dude, some elevator music. Use that as a name. I mean, I'm sure there'd be some copyright infringement, but maybe it's dried up. Advanced Communication Company. And dude, you gotta see their logo. It's the most '90s thing I've ever it seen. It sounds like a great name for a fusion band, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. What do you think of this that, track? It's like it's um it's good, but it's it's a little rough around the edges, and it's so cheesy. Well, yeah, it it sounds more like a piece we would play on music that inspired video game music. Like it's rare mm. to get game music that actually sounds like this. With like this sounds like legit old jazz fusion in that it's like even cheesier and even more idiosyncratic than a lot of game music, which game right. music falls more on like the pop jazz fusion side where i guess this is sort of that but in terms of instrumentation it uh yeah it, it's very retro it sounds like something that would have been retro at the time it came out right i gotta so say very I, interesting i love going down pc engine cd rabbit holes because there's so much good i don't know i think really charming and sometimes just outstanding like real performed music music that was recorded in the 90s for for that cd system and i think a lot of obscure stuff that no one has heard uh most people haven't heard so i don't know it's a really interesting rabbit hole to go down to go down um all right let's uh now go back to the nes and we have another akito nakatsuka track yes uh this is nes open tournament golf let's take a listen to u.s course guys are listening to U.S. Course by the wonderful Nakatsuka, classic Nintendo composer. You know, really, we have to sing his praises. I mean, he laid the foundation for so many other people for that company and just video game composers in general. Wow, this is good. Yeah, there was a, a really fun era at Nintendo where for a while it seemed like Akito Nakatsuka, Koji Kondo, Hip Tanaka, Soyo Oka. It was like everyone on their team had a very they were similar on the same page. approach yeah, to implementation and particularly style. Like there, there seemed to be a very specific style book in the same way that I felt like a lot of the early like Disney Lucasfilm stuff. Like it seemed like there were there was a certain style. Yeah, if book I was going to for the way everything visually looked. If I was going to describe Nakatsuka's music on the NES, it, it it feels like jingles and fanfares, very short, plucky, simple, but with really outstanding, timeless melodies. You yes. know, something that if it tune is eleven seconds long. It's it's mind-boggling how long you can listen to it and still have a good time. But it's all very early 20th century music. It, like, these melodies sound like they could have been written in 1910. 
Like they're, yeah. they're very old carnivaly novelty type music. I mean, there's a great one, Koji Kondo. Similar, yeah. Where it's it's just very fun. It sounds like it's it's treating video games as sort of the like step right up, you know, that toss a ball and see if you can knock down all the cans. Like it, yeah, it has absolutely. That it's a ring toss. It was interesting though that <laughs> each of those. Uh, each of the you know legendary early Nintendo composers did go on to score more immersive and atmospheric yeah even games Nakatsuka, and scores yeah. like Metroid for Hip Tanaka Kid Icarus or obviously you know Mario and Zelda for Koji Kondo and among many others. But what's fascinating to me is Akito Nakatsuka is someone who I almost only associate with those early days games like. Ice Climber, where like games were more. You in just that said Zelda. I mean, style. we also have to remember. Same with Nakatsuka. I mean, with Zelda too. I mean, that was, um, in some ways, maybe what he's most known for, and for sure his his most ambitious NES score. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it, I love thinking about those sort of early days and the composers that overlapped with each other. But there's definitely like a. I, it's fascinating that point where it's like, you know, Excite Bike sounds kind of like soccer, sounds kind of like, you yeah. know, golf, sounds a lot like, you know, um, yeah, what a special time that was. Or whatever. You know, there's like such an overlap between all the different styles. Gyromite, you know, that's Hip Tanaka as well, but it's like the same style book. Well, speaking of classic Nintendo, let's play a track that feels like classic Nintendo music, even though it's not. (laughs) The game is True Golf Classics, Why Lie Country Club. And I don't believe it's published by Nintendo. I'll double check. Whatever it is, I think it's a pretty obscure game. Uh, It's composed by Yumi Kinoshita. Let's take a listen to Opening. Absolutely outstanding diamond in the rough here. I'm sure most of you haven't heard this. It's True Golf Classics, uh, Lai Country Club. This is opening by Yumi Kinoshita. We got to look more into her. I think she's pretty obscure. Uh, this came out for the Super Nintendo. And yeah, it's the classic T&E Soft developer. It made a lot of great golf games. So yeah, it, it really feels like it's some sort of like... <laughs> piece of music that she's like trying to work for Nintendo or something because it yeah, feels oh my goodness very Soyooka this is so good 
Man, I'm very curious to learn more about uh, this woman because, I mean, the, the musical style and the language is so fantastic. There's a lot of stuff I want to call out particularly, though, because this is a piece that when it starts, I imagine many of you feel like a lot of music today. You know, this is kind of cliche. It's a, it's a very specific idiom that you've heard, this kind of Latin groove and mm-hmm. cliche progression. But I hope that it wins you over with the dynamicism of the the melody like it's just a yeah. really exciting and effervescent tune that's hitting all these really powerful chord and non-chord tones uh in but what is also charming is it's like a lot of these instrument sounds that are very evocative of mario kart or pilot wings um very soya oka uh, yet uh, there's a lot of really innovative and interesting choices that this composer makes, particularly some of the yeah, chromatic totally uh, movements, movements between chords where there will be, uh, you know, literally the entire chord shifting down a half step and then another half step. It's so striking. Great sort of jazzy arrival, but it takes you in this really um, complex emotional journey. And that's great. And then there's this wonderful moment where the whole groove comes out, and it's right at the very end of the form. It's like it's such a ballsy move that yeah. at the end of your, it's like to capitulate your whole melody. There's this fast, delayed flute run, and it's like yeah, that's that, that was one of my favorites blast. of the day. Um, so I think now's a good time. Well, I didn't have a track of the week in mind. I'll have you pick. What what do you think is track of the week today? Oh man, it it is a hard one. I mean that pebble beat golf links one that we called out was fantastic but uh the jack nicholas one is really fun Hmm. but i i do have to go with this true golf's classic one just because it's such a it feels like such a hidden gem it's something we've never played or discussed before and it's so fantastic and it deserves more love so so this might be more of an extreme example of of what i have going on in my mind but okay so we all We've been we've played multiple Pebble Beach tracks on the Genesis. We know how that sounds, how that feels. Now we're gonna play a Saturn track, Pebble Beach Golf Links. And to me, it's a really good, maybe extreme example of what happened going from the Genesis to the Saturn and the differences that that audio technology had. To me, the music sometimes is on the same level. But there's just this uncanniness to it and a, and a cheesiness to it, maybe a lack of charm. Right. Uh, so going from the Genesis to this, to me, is is a little awkward. So let's see if anyone else agrees with me. This is a, a tune called Shuryo from Pebble Beach Golf Links, composed by Yumi Satake. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Shurio from Pebble Beach Golf Links. This is composed by Yumi Satake for the Saturn. And it, I don't know, I, I just find that, like, if I was going to do a panel on uh, maybe some of the differences in, in how things felt so different going from the 16-bit era beyond, I think this is a fascinating look here. It's It's good music, but holy crap, is it cheesy. But I love it, though. It's so good. I, I mean, love it, too. It's just so charming. I mean, it's... It, it. Yeah, I mean... And we've talked about this before, but... It's more embarrassing. I would much rather show all of my friends uh, Pebble Beach Golf Links on the Genesis than the Saturn. Yeah, I think the thing for me, though, is there's sort of like a... There's not a lot of hills. Like, oh, Carl, what are you listening to? <laughs> I would not but, want to show someone that I'm listening to this. For me, I, and I totally relate to that, but there's not a lot of hills I would die on um, in terms of, like, taking positions. But I think when it comes to cheesy or corny music, I very much die on the hill of let it all through because I think yeah. it's so much better to take things... Uh, you know, take a piece of music as an individual thing and don't write something off because of surface level attributes about it. Because you yeah. might think you hate the sound of a soprano saxophone, but maybe you just haven't heard it in a context that really moves you yet. And maybe some of what's preventing you from enjoying something is a superfluous critique that says more about you than it says about the piece of music. And yeah, I, think I think that happens true. a lot when we call something cheesy. Now, I know that's not what you're doing, but I think because so many other people approach a lot of the music that you and I love with that kind of dismissive lens of, oh, it's so cheesy, it's so corny, I am sort of of the mind of let's just absolve that word from our vocabulary. Cause I think it's one thing if something is sort of hacky, if something is sort of cliched in the sense of like, it's such a ripoff of things that have been done before and it's not adding anything. It doesn't feel genuine, but the, yeah, the I think is like even that critique, I would what argue I find. With, and again, I do think this is a pretty extreme example. Cause I think this sounds a lot worse than a lot of, quality Saturn music instrument wise right this sounds like for the most part general MIDI but like maybe played through like a synth or something it's like just a little bit beyond general MIDI of for the day and yeah it's like it's like oh is this Super Nintendo and it's not quite what exactly is this it's like hard to know where it's coming from where when you listen to the Super Nintendo track it's just so obvious right. where it's coming from. But at from. the same time, I do think retro game music to us, we used to have to hear past the, oh, hear how the sound is digitized and, oh, yeah. the vocal quality has been compressed and you can hear that the cutscenes have worse audio than the actual gameplay. And, like, we used to just have to listen past that. But now, what kind of what you and I are saying is that there is a legitimate charm to the 16-bit stuff. But I don't know that people at the time were experiencing that charm in the way that we look at yeah it that's super now. interesting i don't know and also there's no way uh there's no doubt that not everyone ex experiences it today i mean that could be a subjective thing yeah and, but um, the point is like the music here is great and it's so earnest i mean that's a word we used to use all the time to describe our, our favorite game music but i i think it's a, i think it's a good one man i mean it's like so much of this stuff is just very sweet heartfelt and sincere and that sincerity um, to me, it, it, it comes through. I think a lot of people think sincere music is music that doesn't shy away from the darkest and most painful, vulnerable aspects of humanity. But I mean, it can be any emotion Yeah, uh, if you're just being true to it. I think what was fascinating about this playlist, 
is that it was so cheery. I mean, just like a lot of this music is just very smile inducing. And the track we're playing out with is another cheery one. Um, stick around for that, everyone. Uh, the only crediting I have is the Messiah Sound team, unfortunately, but it's from a very obscure Super Famicom game, Golf Daisuki OB Club, and it is Office Course. Uh, so, Will, did you have a good, relaxing time? I forgot to ask if you had an Arnold Palmer ready, but I hope you had a good time I today. I didn't have an Arnold Palmer, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. We were talking about my wedding earlier, and I actually went golfing uh, the day before yeah. I got married. I went with Emma's dad, her brother, and our brother-in-law, um, and we had a great time. We were at the Superior National Golf Course in Lutzen, nice. Minnesota. So it's like you see Lake Superior the entire time. Such it's a beautiful so high up in the horizon. And being in such gorgeous And Will, nature, did you bring a boombox or not? I can't. I never asked you that. I didn't. But, I, you know, I know all the Pebble Beach Golf Links music by heart. So I was just <laughs> humming it loudly. <laughs> that's so awesome. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's about it. We're going to play you guys out with this obscure Super Famicom track. Thanks so much for listening. Will, got anything to plug? We have a super exciting thing we want to say at the end. But you got Do anything else? Do we have else? something to plug? Are we going to say it? Well, I... I, I I yield my time for our super exciting announcement. You may have seen on social media, but we are so excited to officially announce that the second volume of Hero of Legend, uh, stay tuned for the official title, is coming out on August 20th, uh, which is a Friday. So it's a very long overdue exciting project that we could not be more proud or thrilled uh of and just for everyone to hear it. Uh, it's going to be Well, that's interesting because I think we announced this project so a long time long ago. ago. So, so, so long ago. I mean, the first one was also a long time in development. We tend to, you know, we're not like a company. We're not like considering <laughs> we these are not. big reveals and waiting cycles. So much of it is just these are projects on the side that we have to get done throughout the rest of our lives. I mean, I wouldn't say it's too insane. Look, the first one came out May of 2018. So with this one coming out August of 2021, that's, you know... That's not too crazy if you think of it as a band, uh, you know, three years apart between albums, you know, not too shabby. Um, And we worked on, you know, 20 seconds of music a day, uh, every (laughs) single day. And we we spaced it out. I think that's going to be, it's definitely more tracks than the first volume. I think exploring more interesting new directions and and new sounds. And so I just can't wait for everyone to I think we need to, yeah, so this is our, our, if for anyone who's confused of what we're talking about several years ago we released an album called hero of legend that was a tribute album to the music of the legend of zelda series and it was all created in defil mask and fami tracker in an 8-bit nes style much like the original zelda when game. it comes but to we the tried instruments. to borrow yeah, yeah we tried to borrow musical influence from Uh, games throughout the entire spanning series and this one as you could probably guess is as volume two it's all done in a 16-bit super nintendo aesthetic using a lot of the same sounds and settings of link to the past but much like the first among others we're trying to borrow a lot of influence from the entirety of the series and so we had a lot of fun rather than doing you know sound alikes of specific tracks trying to just using our imagination yeah and the other fun thing is our great friend carlos an incredible artist who's worked with us on many of our concept album projects is back and working on this one and so a lot of what's been fun about this album is sort of exploring the lore 
of this world that we're creating this sort of you know faux zelda inspired world but creating it and fleshing it out and coming up with characters and history and geographic locations and wondering who could live there and what yeah. kind of you know people would populate this area and what if instead of this kind of theme like you have in link to the past we had this type of area so it, we're, we're i feel like using our imaginations more in the planning aspects of these albums now than we initially did when we started this kind of stuff years ago but it's just been so much fun and i'm really excited for everyone to hear all the music we've been working on me too and definitely everyone stay tuned in the coming days uh we'll probably have a listening party either on the 20th or the 19th probably the 20th it probably makes sense to do that um, so stay tuned for details on that, but yeah, man, super exciting to finally, finally announce that. All right. I think that's about it. We should probably get out of everyone's hair and, uh, go golf. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go golfing everyone. Yeah. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Stay healthy, everyone. Love you guys. Peace out. <laughs>